make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Got a smile when I say that shit. I woke up this morning. <laughs> well, we're live. We're live with Noah. Absolutely. Noah Gonzalez. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah. It's a pleasure for sure. We went to four and a half years of school together. Yeah. I think we like really kind of connected i think sophomore junior year because like i i knew about who you were freshman year but we didn't like interact or anything but right i think sophomore junior year is really like when we became friends and then like because we started having a lot of like overlapping classes together yeah we, it started off with like one or two classes and i remember the first time i ever actually talked to you i was like i had heard a bunch about you freshman year so I just remember coming up to you one day. Like, all bad, all bad. No, dude, it was, it was always good. And I was like, this is somebody I definitely think that I would like like to get to know. And so I, I remember I went up to him. I was like, so I guess you're Jordan Fisher. And you're like, yeah, that's me, man. What's up? It's like, hey, what's going on? But yeah, man, it's, whew, how the time flies for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's wild. And then that that semester we were talking about before the podcast that we spent together at Maryville. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah, when did you um, when did you end up leaving Maryville? To um, join the Air Force. I believe it was it would have been twenty fifteen. So I guess it was the. I think that was the same year I was there. Yeah, it would have been. So. It would have been. Yeah, that was second was semester of twenty fifteen. So it would have so been the like, next semester after I left. Yeah, so it would have been because I left in May. I joined in January and I left in I left for basic in May. So yeah. But what kind of, like, drove that action on that decision? Um, well, to be completely honest, kind of like what we were talking about, it, was, it honestly went with um, Isaiah passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of going through a whole lot because I actually was in Colorado for a little bit, came back, went to, you know, went to school, was trying to find a job, just working some stupid stuff. And then Isaiah had passed away. And I was because that was the October of that October fall of that fall semester. Yeah. So then I was living with my parents, and I was having issues. I was really like kind of depressed after that, and they had ended up actually kicking me out. So I moved in with my friend Nick, and we were just we were both just going to school, and not really doing much. And I was just sitting there feeling all kinds of depressed, and I was like, you know what, like this isn't who I am. This isn't who I want to be. This isn't who Isaiah would want me to be. Right. And I had always like, from when I was younger, I always played with army men, that kind of thing. And I had always talked to my parents about it. And eventually I was just like, I'm a, I'm an adult. I can make that decision. Right. So yeah. I just, like I looked into it one day, my cousin had joined previous or prior to me joining. She gave me all the information. So kind of, uh, you kind of hit a low point in life and then you're like, I need to get myself back together. And you, and you kind of came out on top. Yeah, for sure. Do you think sure. that was the right decision for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think that like, good for you. It started to get my, my life together. I still obviously have a lot of stuff to figure out, but you know, I still like, as, as do we all. Yeah. I still, you know, I think that that kind of was a major proponent of getting those like wheels turning. So you know how it goes. Right. Right. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, man. Good appreciate for you. it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, the one thing I always remembered about you, as I told you before the pod as well, was we would we would sit in uh, our history class together, yeah. and any free time we got, we would just talk. Like you were one of the people that I would give credit to that really got my mind like thinking oh. in a lot of ways. You know what oh. I mean? Because it's uh, you kind of got my 
my mind away from the pedestrian levels of consciousness and like started to kind of challenge my own beliefs, question my own beliefs and yeah. just really dig deep a little bit. And yeah. And I think those like those conversations, especially like during the most important parts of like your development, especially like during high school, whenever you're really starting to develop into an adult and you start to form those opinions and thought processes and things like that. The way that I looked at it was that like, although our conversations were very beneficial and I, I expressed a lot of opinions and things like that, it, it's, it actually, I caused myself to challenge my own opinions because like I was hearing what you were saying and I was voicing my own opinions. It's like, well, when I say it like that, when I say it the way that I do, or when I think about it that way, it even like challenged my own opinions by trying to like challenge yours. Right, right. So like we had this back and forth where I was like, the way that I think now and the things that I say and the things that like I believe and see on the news and things like that, it like it all goes back to those because I was challenging my own opinions, taking other stances on things that I didn't normally. That's so, so important, man. That's so important. Yeah. Because then your opinions become way more like objective and yeah. A lot more, uh, I guess, well-rounded if you're going to take everybody else's opinions into consideration. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. You start to see you start to see things in other perspectives when right. normally everybody's saying like, "Be your own person." But I think like for me, it was really big to try to be my own person around like what other people also believed as well. If that makes sense. Like, right. Yeah, and and your uh, your beliefs are not not like too firm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. People, some people cling too firmly, too tightly to their own beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess it is kind of good to have like a, a loose belief. Like this is what I believe, but I also see it this way a little bit. I also kind of see it this way a little yeah. bit. It's like, yeah, like you said, like, hey, this is what I believe. But, you know, what can you bring to this conversation that would help also kind of mold that opinion? Yeah, yeah. And to, yeah. to have that, that, that takes a sense of open-mindedness to be able to consider that you're possibly wrong or... Or maybe you're like partially right. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, a lot of humility as well, a lack of pride. Too, yeah, absolutely. Respect. Yeah. Well, actually, I was looking at uh, some philosophical, big old philosophical let's, questions. Let's, say, let's get into it. And uh, one, I remember you talking about memory at one point. So I, I was kind of like going through them all, mm -hmm. looking, and I thought this was a great question for you. Uh, so human memory has been shown to be unreliable. How do you know which of your memories are genuine and which have been altered or made up? Because isn't it apparently whenever you like remember something, it's like the last time you, you that you you recollected it. So it's like it's not actually what happened. Yeah. So from what I understand on the topic, I think it's like for why it's so hard to remember certain things, it's because you're not remembering the action; it's you're remembering yourself remembering it. So it's like. I could tell you, hey, you know, I went to the, the ice cream shop and I got three scoops of ice cream and a waffle cone. But then the next time I could be like, hey, actually, like, yeah, I remember I went to the ice cream shop and I got two scoops instead of it being, well, I'm not sure if it's two or three, you know, right. that kind of thing. So it's like. And a Sunday. Like, yeah, your, like, your memory starts to kind of get broken up into like what you actually remember and kind of these more minute details that may or may not change. It's like when you tell a story, it never seems like you're telling the same story twice. True, it's true. It's like. There's always details that you leave out because they're not as important or they didn't actually happen, those kinds of things. Or maybe if like you were telling the story and something was more appealing to the audience, yeah. it's, uh, that's more of an incentive for your memory to exaggerate it. Yeah. Even if, so if you decided to exaggerate it that one time and it was like effective, you got some laughs out of it, then you're like, okay, that was good. I'm going to keep doing more of that. Yeah. And I think like 
So this is actually a really like interesting topic that I had with one of my psychology teachers. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, but we we're actually talking about like what makes you you, like what makes you an individual. How do you identify yourself? And a lot of people are talking about like, oh, I've got my name, you know, I've got, you know, I'm me. People call me my name, that kind of thing. So for me, it was like how like the memories that I had of myself. It's like yeah. I where I can place myself in my own life. It's like if I if somebody's like, hey, dude, we had a really good time at that party. Right. I'm like, I never went to a party because in my mind, in my life, I never went to that party, whether or not I was there or not. So if I don't believe that I was there, if I don't remember being there, to me, I was never there. Yeah, like maybe maybe you had like a negative memory at that party, so your mind kind of shunned it out. Yeah, so if I like, if I never remember that, or if I can't place myself in that situation, how do, how do I know, how do I believe that I was there? Because I don't remember it. So it's like, if I can't place myself in that situation, to me, I was never there. Right, yeah. So it's like everything that you've done in your life leading up to who you are at this second and then this second and then this second as well. It's like... Bro, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's just like a buildup of compounding memories and compounding like actions and events and experiences that like lead up to, you know, who you are as an individual. And that's kind of what defines your identity. Yeah, because like people can say, "Oh, I have a name," but or "Oh, I have consciousness of my own," uh, you know, my own being, which is great. But what about people who don't have kind of that disconnect of like not really being able to identify like right and wrong and being have like a conscious like people who are like what would be I guess clinically like psychotic or those kinds of things that like have that disconnect of like empathy and all those kinds of things it's like they can't identify i guess emotions or they don't take social cues so that way they don't like identify themselves and how they play a part in a in an experience or in an environment okay so i think how i identify my experiences of myself is how i identify myself and then how i would identify you is my experiences with you. Right. Because if I had a negative experience with you, my identity of you would be negative. It would, I would be taken aback from you. I wouldn't interact with you all that much. But since we've had positive experiences, have I had positive experiences with person X will determine how I identify that person in the future. Right, right. So I think it's like my experiences of myself and then of you and how they interact kind of Define. So regardless, this is going to be limited because you're limited if you're if you're kind of determining that determining that off of your own like memories of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's going to be limited to what you remember. And then if you're basing somebody else off of uh, their identity based off what you know about them, then you're limited to only the experiences or any maybe any social media posts they've had or anything like that because that's kind of just all going into this database about that person. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay. I guess, yeah, for sure. So I think, like, it is true that I think that your memories can be unreliable, so that's why I, I mean, you can kind of base memories. I mean, there's the, the saying that, like, there's two sides to every story. So I think you can, memories are unreliable if they're individual. Like, 
if the way that I remember something is one way and then you remember something a different way, we can kind of take those two memories and ideas and put them together and we can kind of get a full picture of what it might have actually happened. Right. But, so, but is that really the truth? Or is it just, do you think it's well, closer to the truth? It's, it's as close to the truth as we can actually be because there's no way, shape, or form that anybody can remember every single detail of the situation. Uh-huh. Like, I can't remember exactly what color the walls were of the house that I was in. Or the way you remember it. Yeah, or the way that, yeah, the way that the light looked against the, the wallpaper or some shit. Like, you can't remember. Your mind chooses to remember yeah, you can't the significance. Rem- yeah, it remembers, like, actions and small, and some details and things like that. So I think, that, like, the way that I remember Mr. Ball's history class and the way that you remember it might be different, but it's the same class. It's the same memory, if that right. makes sense. It's also kind of the same, like, kind of coincides with uh, everybody in that class is having a different experience because mm-hmm. they're all thinking about different things. Maybe they're this person over here is thinking about, uh, I don't know, a personal problem with their mom. Somebody over here is thinking about a tennis match after school. Yeah. Person over here is thinking about how hungry they are. Like everybody's having a fully different experience. And even if we are all in the same exact room trying to engage in the same exact Yeah, so I think conversation. I think the question of whether or not memory is reliable or, or unreliable or reliable, I think it is in the fact that it is reliable and the fact that it's all we have to base right, right. off of. It's like, <laughs> it is all we have. It's, it's all we have. We can only like base. Unless there's recording of it. Yeah. I mean, unless there's other sorts of evidence and things like that, other experiences that people share with us. Like if I were to not talk about certain things, all I remember of that situation is negative or positive. That's as reliable as it can be. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's also unreliable in the fact that I don't know all of the angles because like my experience sitting in the i think it was the second row fourth seat of mr bolt's class i think i was in third right it was like third or fourth right and then uh i was up against the wall like third seat back. yeah and then whoever, how you remember that yeah and then somebody else who was sitting <laughs> on the other side of the room even the angle of which we saw the whiteboard with all of the information it changes the experience that you have different frames so, of reference yeah so yeah. i could say hey it's it was a really good class that's how I remember it. But somebody's like, well, Mr. Bolt was always in the way whenever he was writing on the whiteboard, so I couldn't see. Right, right. So it's like the, the information that if we were to tell somebody, hey, it was either a really good class or not a good class, it's subjective to the person's experience. So Absolutely. It's, uh, it's reliable for how myself. How well they can hear. Maybe they don't have the best hearing. They're sitting in the back, yeah, it's like, back corner. It's reliable for personal uh information but it's unreliable for like third-party information it's like i can't tell you how good it was because it might have been good for me but it might have been bad for somebody else because then that that almost requires like almost a human skill that is just never going to be fully developed like like a like empathetic memory yeah i mean like it's like you got to remember it and then be empathetic of somebody else's subjective experience yeah and i mean you can always place context in being like well for me it was really good but i don't know how it was for Jordan, I don't know how it was for David or person X, you know? Right. Yeah, it's always like you can build context around it, but... Plus, how many times do you remember something and then you think you remembered it identical to what it is and then maybe like a, a video you haven't seen for a while or, or a video, you've, yeah. never, you've never seen the video and then you see it a little bit later, like maybe two weeks after the event happens. You're yeah. like, no way. Like, I, I remembered it completely wrong. Yeah. 
So, so it makes you, it makes you question your your own memory and your own yeah. There was there was this experience that I had when I was younger, and it still trips me the hell out. It's like so I was looking at a picture of what ended up being my younger brother and a kid, this girl in his class when we were in like elementary school, and my brother in that picture looked exactly like me. Yeah. Like almost identical. You're a younger or older? My, my younger brother. And I was sitting there like... It's understandable that you guys look alike. I was like, what the fuck? There's... I was not... Who is this person? I was never in this experience. Like, what the hell? I'm sitting there thinking like... I'm tripping out because I see this picture and I thought it was... It looks like me. So in my mind, that's me. So you're searching your memory. And I'm like... Freaking out. I'm, I'm freaking the hell out. And then I was like sitting there staring at this picture. And my dad comes over. He's like, what the hell's going on? Like, what are you doing? I was like, who... When was this picture taking? Like, that, that, that's not you. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, there's no way because I get like when we were younger we looked a lot alike, and I, I never I, I couldn't put myself in that situation. It turns out I was never in that situation, but so in my mind it was like, it was unreliable and provided that information that I needed to put myself in that situation. But that's completely understandable. Yeah, it it makes complete sense. But in your <laughs> mind it play it plays tricks on you, thinking like. Hey, like your eyes see like, Hey, that's, that's me. Was your mind starting to create memories that weren't real? I was trying to, I was trying to like play back and I was like, okay, put myself in this situation. I'm looking up. I see somebody taking a picture of me with a girl next to me, but I was like, I, I, it was just never reliable enough for me to be able to be like, yeah, dude, that's me. And it turns out it never was. Well, like the girl next to you is what got you. You're like, well, obviously that's me. I'm pulling girls. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, it's no different. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah. I can't, it has to be me. And you just find out it's Jacob. I was like, well, yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> it happens, man. Well, what do you think life would be like without memory? Ooh, Life without memory. It'd be like a fish. It'd be fucking insanity. There'd be no re- such thing as relationships. Yeah, there'd be a I lot mean, less meaning. You couldn't have goals because you couldn't remember what the fuck the goals are. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way that you would be able to even. You would you couldn't function. Nobody would, nobody would, could function. Do you think we'd even be like considered conscious beings? I guess I guess we'd still have a sense of consciousness, but I mean, so are we talking like? You experience everything through the day, and then midnight comes around, and then that next day you just forget everything? Or is it like Ooh. you just can't grasp the concept of what a pencil is? You can't grasp the concept of what a cup of water is? Like, Yeah, I guess that, that would just uh, lead us to believe. Or that like, hey, I'm touching it now, but when I put it down. What about, what about just long-term memory? Which but, I don't even know how that would work because I don't know how the short term would convert it over to long term. Yeah, what, yeah. Then it comes down to what's short term, what's long term. Like long term for me might be five years. Long term for somebody else who has a different concept of that might be two years or twenty years. Or right, right. Years, that kind of thing. Maybe maybe something like two months or longer. Yeah, I don't even know how that'd work. That's such yeah. A, that's. I was thinking of like a theoretical question. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, I think. Well, okay. If we're talking just about like not being able to, so let's just say like at midnight on the 31st going into the first we forget everything that goes on uh that went on the day before yeah dude there's no way that we would even be able to function everything would collapse we wouldn't be able to build we wouldn't be able to communicate because if we're talking complete memory wipe of language of cognitive ability we couldn't move because we wouldn't remember like if we're going back to like infancy uh-huh like before we even really know any motor skills like 
we're all just a bunch of six foot babies basically like yeah right yeah just a bunch of toddlers so there's no way that you can function kind of nomads yeah you can't function if at midnight that that day or that morning of the next day you forget everything you just you can't we just we want there's no way we'd be where we are there's no way it's, it would be impossible it's impossible yeah there's no way that it can happen we'd, ju- we'd just be another animal basically yeah i think we would actually be lower than a lot of animals pretty much almost every animal that can has has the function of memory yeah yeah because they can at least remember like hey because like monkeys for example they can remember where their territory is they they remember how to open bananas and find food and those kinds of things and groom themselves but if we didn't know how to do that we would die from disease we would die of starvation and we might be extinct without our memory. Yeah. Wow, what a fundamental just necessity to yeah. human life. Yeah, for sure. Or just any life, really. Yeah. I think it, it's definitely downplayed how important that is to just being able to exist. Definitely you know? overlooked, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Here's a question for you. So different people and different organisms perceive reality in vastly different ways. So what is real and what is just our perception of reality? I think reality is subjective. It's subjective to what I experience and what you experience. Kind of going back to memory, it's like undeniably subjective as well. Like there's yeah. just no way you can't like perceive reality without your own subjective biases. Yeah. So I think it's like it like yeah it's all subjective it comes down to the way i see things the way you see things the way i experience things the way you experience things and people like the the phrase like the world doesn't revolve around you or you're the center of the universe or whatever and to me in my life and not even selfishly that i am because without me my life my universe the my world doesn't exist just like you're the center of your own universe and you're the center of the world does revolve around. Yeah, it's kind of hard to think that your, like, your world revolves around you. Like once once this is gone, everything I've known, this mm-hmm. is all going to continue, whether I'm here or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm here. Yeah, so it's very like, it's contradictory that like your world revolves around you, but the world that we all live in doesn't revolve around anybody. So it's like the, it's your, part of your slice of the world, your slice of life is all contingent on you but in the grand scheme of things my life doesn't revolve around you because my slice of life revolves around me as well as the the world doesn't function based off what i do and what you do it does in my like in my environment but in the grand scheme of things somebody in china's life doesn't revolve around me right so their subjective reality is different than what mine is absolutely it's like and I can see this cup of water and it's like, eh, it's cold. And you can feel it. It's like, dude, that's like lukewarm or it's like room temperature. It's all relative. It's all relative to perception and my perception of that subjective reality. Kind of standards as well plays yeah. in there. Yeah, for sure. Because if I'm like, if I'm okay with it being this temperature, if I'm not used to water being this temperature for all intents and purposes, that's cold to me, but it might be lukewarm to you because you're used to ice cold water or something like right. that. So fundamentally basic is that. 
because you have hypersensitive gums and maybe I, I'm yeah. just not used, I'm used to warm water or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I think that also like, it goes back to like how we, if evolution is the cause of what got us to be here, it's like, that's kind of what caused us to evolve. Like we were able to push past these certain limitations based on the things that we experienced in the way that we perceived the function and rea- of like our reality. It's like, we developed the ability to use tools where others didn't because we found a necessity for them. Right. Other species couldn't use them or didn't have the mental capacity to use them and things like that. Like, or to create them. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to just like your subjective reality and how it plays a part in my subjective reality. It's like the way that you see it as opposed to the way that I see it, how those come together to form our interaction right right so that's right that's what i really like about this podcast too is like i'm getting everybody's own like interpretation of this mm-hmm. world and just to find out like i i want the one truth i i don't know i'm so i'm so really into this that like i can't really say this for sure or not but i think i think i'm learning that everybody kind of has a gift in their own way like yeah for sure everybody has something to contribute everybody has a a part to play it's almost and, like we're all just this this humanity and we can we all have these different gifts and maybe one day one of our, uh, a big part of evolution is going to be that we're all going to work as some cohesive unit with each using our strengths to play. Yeah. That's different. I think that's the, that would be a perfect ending to it's a little bit this, of a utopia. Yeah. This perfect ending to this story that we've kind of written as like a humanity. Uh, so we could call it like that would, that would be the, the perfect end goal. Like, you know, so what's your theoretical interpretation of the future? Um, it's it's just so weird to think about just because of you don't know. because tech, I mean, obviously the future doesn't exist until it happens. Um, I think if we're going, if we continue to go down the road that we've been going now, there's two, obviously there's a good way and a bad way that we could go. There's like, it, it was so weird. And this is going to kind of go a little bit off topic, but I was like, for example, I was watching a bunch of documentaries on like the like race and racial tensions and things like that, like the KKK and then the Black Panthers and all this stuff. And I think that like, for example, let's take that and how it affects the future. I think that like if these two opposing groups don't learn to make a change or be more accepting, then boom, our future is shaped in that way. Right. Or, if they do, then boom, our future is shaped in this way. Or how even something as small as like the butterfly effect of like something small happens and that snowballs and then boom, we have nuclear fallout. Our entire life turns into a Bethesda game. Boom. And then we have our future that way. I don't know. It's just like, it's so hard because there's an infinite, infinite, amount of possibilities for the future whether it's like all these different outcomes yeah whether it's like this conversation that we're having but it could have happened a minute after when it actually started that changes the course of the future totally totally because then like then i leave five minutes later i leave a minute later maybe i don't think about something the way that it happened because the air conditioning just kicked on and i was distracted by that and i lost that it's all like it's it's impossible to have an idea of what's going to happen in a minute, in a second. Like, I could just snap and be like, you know what? I don't like the way you're looking at me. 
and then our relationship is ruined. Right, right. And, you know, who knows? So I guess uh, that's kind of, that kind of plays along the lines of almost if you have the free will to determine how you're going to respond to certain situations. Yeah. And I think even then, like, you, you never know how you're going to respond to certain situations until you're in them. People can be like, you know, prepare for the worst, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Well, the worst is, you don't know what the worst is. You can think what the worst is. You could be like, oh, well, the worst is my parents being murdered. I mean, God forbid, obviously. Right, right. But, you know, that at the time might be the worst, but then something else could happen a day later, and that could put you in an even worse spot. Right, true. And, yeah, so I think that, like... And, and even just the smallest thing could set you and, off and after anything, that. And even on the other spectrum, like, hope for the best. The I don't know what is the best. What is the best possible outcome? Right. That is it money? Is it just pure happiness? You know, it all comes down to, like, what is both ends of the spectrum what is the worst what is the best and just like we were saying earlier it's all relative yeah it's all relative to my sub my little slice of reality and your little slice of reality so i do i think about that a lot i think about the ripple effect a, a lot like yeah. like you were saying like like what if what if right now i can't find my keys trying to leave the door mm -hmm. and i'm running all around the house i'm pissed off I don't know. It's taking me 20 minutes. I can't find my fucking keys anywhere. Mm -hmm. And what if what if the reason I didn't find my keys was there was a higher purpose in that? And maybe if I would have found my keys and left on time, the time I was planning to leave that, then I would have gotten in a car accident. That was, yeah, you know. Like, and then you think that also comes down to your memory not always being reliable because you remember having your keys somewhere else. Right, right. But it's unreliable in the most basic form because it's not they're not there or where you remember it. So you try to retrace your steps, but then you find your keys in the last spot because you forgot to trace back to that one spot. You forget like, oh, I went to the fridge and then I went to the pantry, then I went to the bathroom. But in between the the fridge and the pantry, you looked in the couch and you dropped your keys under the couch. You know, right. That kind of thing. It's like... It, but some of it's just chance. Like it, it, it is, just slipped yeah. out of your pocket. But yeah, you're totally right. Sometimes it's just the lack of memory. Like you're like... You just uh, kind of autonomously like threw your keys down, not even thinking about it yeah. consciously, like just in a like semi-conscious state of mind. And you're you're probably your mind's on something completely different, and your keys are over there. I don't know, two three hours whenever you need your keys, yeah. you can't find them anywhere, and that's just because it's almost like it, it's uh, it's not even like a lack of memory. It's that your mind just didn't register it to become a part of your memory. Yeah, and yeah. that's something you get better at once you start driving longer and longer. Like I used to lose my keys way more than I do now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so much. I used to lose my keys all the time. I used to lose my phone sure all the time. I didn't drop my keys again. For the first time. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, <laughs> gotta get that tally mark going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, again, at the I think. In conclusion on that topic, I just think that reality really just comes down to you. Like, we, nobody can ever... I mean, there's always that topic of, like, you know, is reality exactly how we see it? What if things, you know... <laughs> like, really uh, kind of crazy theories is, like, what if the oxygen is actually just, like, drugged and we're not seeing things that the way that they actually are? I think that's. I've just, heard some scientists say that we're actually hallucinating this reality, which I think. Is I mean, more plausible than I. I don't know. I think it. it to me, 
I don't see it being plausible, but I mean, I can. I mean, if they if there's evidence behind it, then sure, I'll you know I'll be open minded to the idea of it. But dude, that's got to take so much. That would take so much time and so much effort just to make sure that everybody sees uh, this chair is black oh. instead of green. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah, like it'd be worth the time. There, yeah, there's no. It, there's just no you know reason for that to be the, for that to be the case for right. us to all be hallucinating so that we don't see things going on certain ways like reminds me of the plot of the giver like whenever they all have to take yeah. their pill every morning and then yeah. he stops taking his pill spoiler alert yeah <laughs> yeah well, I actually did a podcast last night with the, like like do you, you know Shay and then uh like do you know Kusha by chance yeah yeah, uh, yeah. then my cousin Mason of course yeah uh, and no joke dude the three of them talked about movies the entire time and I just sat here because I I don't like I try not to spend my time watching movies or watching mm-hmm. uh like playing video games or like I obviously I do but like I I try to limit my amount of time so yeah I just it, they probably named fifty movies like no joke dude they were just going back and forth with movies and I had seen out of these fifty maybe like three. Yeah, I I've ruined movies for myself kind of just because I instead of actually watching it for the plot, I think that like I wonder what the fuck that actor's thinking having to like say all of these lines super emotionally to this lady that he probably has no interest or connection with. Yeah. Like, but he has to convince himself that he does. You're kind yeah. of psychoanalyzing these and actors like, and what I'm they're like, going yeah, through. Yeah, and I, I start looking at him like, okay, well, if they really felt that way, if they really had this kind of emotional moment in the rain with this woman that they love, it never plays out. I mean, it just, I always go into what the actor and actresses are thinking instead of it being like, oh, that's a really nice scene. Right, right. Or like, I was watching the new Star Wars movie, and I'm not going to go into spoilers, but there's like certain scenes in it. I'm like, "Eh, what is the, I I wonder what that person is thinking. Not the character, but the actor or actress in that situation. Like, what are they thinking? Did it take the director a time to, like convince them that that's what they needed to do but that's a com- movies completely different right know, topics or they've so fully indulged in that character that they've completely convinced themselves that, that they are that, that they are that person which i mean i think those are always the best people like robin williams right he he's well, he a, just get, I, I can see that dude was method actor out the ass it's crazy how he can lead to he can make all of us happy but yeah not himself at the end of the day man unfortunate rest in peace yeah, that is because I, I know that uh, who was it like Heath Ledger's who played the uh, hey, Joker. Heath Ledger, yeah. Heath Ledger, yeah. Heath okay, Le- Heath Ledger. Yeah. He locked himself in a hotel room for like, or I guess it was the entire hotel, one of the two. But he he locked himself in there for two months straight. Mm-hmm. That just to get into the mindset of somebody who's would then eventually become the Joker. Holy you know? shit! Yeah, that's some and like. Um, you gotta. He probably rewired his neurochemistry. Yeah, you know uh, the Revenant. I, I've seen part of it. Uh, the entire thing. I think. I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio. He uh-huh. went out and spent months out in the woods. No way. Yeah, in the fucking freezing cold, just to get into the mindset of like being out there and like the movies, so that he can then method act. He he went and spent fucking however long. Holy in shit. the woods in the freezing cold in a tent. Just by himself. It's also crazy to think that movie was only based like 200 years ago and how yeah. far we've come since then. Yeah. That's wild. But yeah, that's the, the dedication that some actors like put into their work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's undeniably impressive. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. So do you believe in fate? 
No. No? Nope. No, uh... I think... No, actually, I believe was... things are more like chance and chaos, kind of? I, to be completely honest, I don't believe in fate, destiny, chance, luck. I think everything is how... I don't know. I'm so, like... It's such an interesting thought to have that, like, oh... And we'll, we'll never know. Well, this person is naturally more lucky. Well, what the fuck is luck? Give me a piece of paper and say, this is luck. Yeah, give me a, Give me a number. Give me my luck number. I want to know what my percentage of luck in each situation is. I want to know your percentage of luck and why you're more lucky than I am. Especially so, whenever it's just completely random. Yeah, I want to know why person X is destined to succeed while you know person y is destined to live on the street that's just so do you think steve jobs was destined to create the iphone or do you think he did because he put in enough hard work and time I'm, and curiosity no i just think i think he put himself in situations what even if he didn't put himself in situations sometimes things just happen i don't think it's fate that things happen because there's no the thing that i've come to realize is that like it's hard for me personally to believe in a lot of things if it's not physically in front of me. If there's no evidence or proof behind it. There's no evidence saying that, like, this was fate. Well, not necessarily uh-huh. that this was fate because fate doesn't, isn't physical. You can't have, like, a there, – there isn't a book on, you know, you read it and then you're – destined to do something great or there's no like number that you can say like this is your probability of you know being more successful than x person x like yeah you can take into account like environment and socioeconomic status and some people say race and gender and those kinds of things but like i was born a white guy in saint charles i don't think that makes me any more destined to be successful than or fate doesn't make me more successful than an african-american man in st charles like versus the so you're kind of saying the cards you were dealt doesn't really determine no i don't think the cards i was dealt yeah i mean there's reasons to believe that like person x i don't want to use like race or anything but like that person x who was born in a suburban as opposed to a rural or an urban Uh uh-huh would be more successful than the person, you know, suburban person's more successful than this person. I mean, yeah, I just don't, I don't believe in all that. I just think it all comes down to like how you treat the gift of life that you were given, whether it's a gift or not. Maybe it's just kind of a hell it just happens. Right. I mean, I don't know. I think it just comes down to what you do with it and, if I if I were to just sit back and let fate take its course or let destiny take its course, I'm gonna be sitting there for a fucking long time because if, I, if I'm just sitting in my room saying, you know what, fuck it, destiny's got it. Right. Yeah. No, like nothing's gonna happen. I'm gonna be sitting in my room and then eventually, like, is it my mom's destiny to kick me out of the house because I'm being lazy and I'm just letting life take its course? Like, nothing's gonna happen. Am I destined to sit in my room? Why am I destined to do that? Right, as opposed true. to somebody else not being destined to do that, you know. And I guess anything you do, any action you take, or any inaction you don't, or any action you don't take, like you can always say that was destined to happen because that is what happened. Yeah, I mean, but you can say you anything is in destiny. Yeah, cause you, you can never, say no. like, uh, I guess me being famous was destined to not happen. Right. Well, me 
peeing in a corner is destined to not happen <laughs> or something so crazy as that. Like, no, I just, I think that the idea of destiny, if it, if you, if you believe in it, sure, that's great. Uh, you know, whatever you can do, you can believe what you want personally. Nah, it's just not, it's not for me, man. More, but, more than anything, I just don't know what to believe, but I, I kind of do consider the possibility of something to be destined. And I don't know if that's because I like that thought. You know what I mean? Like in well, that you're on the kind of like a predetermined path, or kind like, of like almost like your higher self has already chosen everything that's going to happen in your life, and everything that's happened happens for a reason. But then doesn't it kind of seem limited? What do you mean? That you're like, okay, so you have this path, so you're only supposed to be on this path. That like, but like you don't know the, you're not consciously aware of what the path is, so it's kind of uh, like exciting. But then, at the same but time, then how do you know that there's a path? Exactly. If you don't, if you don't exactly. know what, if like, if you're driving down the street and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to go on this road, but that you don't know where that road is, you're gonna get lost. Right. And then you're gonna go off, do your own thing. Like, I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that like this was destined to happen because anything could happen. I could have gotten into a car accident. So was this not destined to happen if I would have gotten in a car accident? You know, that kind of thing. It's like... What about your desires in life? Or do you think they're predetermined? That's all based on what, again, back to your memory and your experiences. like Personal interest as well? Yeah, personal interest. And, like, I think that if my parents, like, for example, my, like, in high school and throughout my entire life, I loved basketball. Uh-huh. Um, I was never the best at it, um, but I, I loved... A lot better than me. <laughs> I loved playing the game. I loved watching it. I still love watching it. But that's because, like, one, when I remember, I remember watching my first basketball game with my dad on TV, and I, I was watching, like, I think it was, it was, like, my first experience watching basketball was Kobe. I watched Kobe. him. I watched him. And, yeah, I, I remember I was like, dude, this guy is insane. He's so good. I, I want to be, like, I want to be just like him. I want to do this. I want to do that. So when I was younger, I would play basketball just so I could, you know, emulate this. And then as you grow up, you're like, hey, I want to be in the NBA. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, you know, you keep working hard. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I don't think it, I was like, I don't think I was destined to not make it to the NBA. I just don't think I put in enough work. I don't think I cared enough about it. Right. At a certain point, I don't think I was destined to not because if I were to put in the work, Anybody could say, well, you were destined to do it. Well, what if I just took that Wednesday practice off? And then I was just like, nah, you know what? I don't want to do Thursday. I don't want to do Friday. And then I quit. Was I destined to quit? There's just so many like... You, I, I would argue you are because it, it is what happened. I would say anything that's happened in the past is what was destined to happen. But then that takes my ability to have made that decision away. That, may, that means that your free will, if you're religious... It means uh -huh. your free will is taken from you. That means that it's not actually a thing because I didn't. Then I wouldn't have been able to consciously make that decision based on the evidence that I had to back up that decision on how I felt. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Can like, you explain that one more time? So it's like if that was destined to happen, uh -huh. if that was going to happen regardless, then I didn't consciously make that decision. The you, higher power, the destiny, fate made that decision for me. So do you believe in free will personally? I don't like calling it free will because then people people use free will in like a religious sense. 
I think that we, yeah. I, really, I think, really? I've never heard anybody use it like that. Yeah, I, we all have free will. Um, because, like, going back to, you know, obviously Adam and Eve, right? That's where a whole free will comes off of because Eve ate the apple. She shared it with Adam. Adam ate the apple. And he's like, hey, from now on, you don't get to live here. You make your own decisions. Blah, 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 blah. You made the decision to disobey me, so now you get the, you get the decision to not live in paradise. Um, and in a religious sense, people are like, oh, yeah, we have free will. God gave us free will. No, I just think that we have free will. It's not even so much that I'm not religious. It's just there's so many aspects to this. It's not that I'm not religious. I'm not particularly. But I don't know. I just think that if there's destiny, then we don't have free will. Okay. For the religious people. Is there a possibility you could have free will if there is destiny? No. Because if de if destiny and fate are a predetermined outcome... Yeah, I don't think there's a possibility either. Yeah, if it's predetermined, then you just you can't have it. Like, you... It's like the thing that's stopping us from having AI and robots that are conscious and intelligent. Because programs are their destiny. They're programmed to do this this task. And so that's what they're going to do. They're never going to be able to break that task until they're given the information, the algorithm they program to break that task. Okay, okay. So they're like... Until they, until they have the ability to disobey. Yeah, so it's okay. like, if you are a robot and you're given the task of picking up this pencil and putting it down... And that's the only program that you have to do. So I keep doing it every day. I'm destined to do that every day. I'm programmed to do that, to do that every day. But if somebody were to give me a little USB drive, put it in and say, what if you choose not to? And the, the program goes through uh, like a random number generator between one and 50, one through 24 being I guess, it does. I guess it'd be 1 through 20. Would it be 1 through 24? Yeah, 1 through 24 being pick it up, and then 25 through 50 being don't pick it up, right? Then you go through a random number generator, generator. You have the computer has the ability to basically make the decision to compute the numbers, to run the numbers as to whether or not they're going to pick up the pencil. But even though that decision is completely random. Exactly. Any decision is completely random. And you're almost you're picking from the infinite. You're picking from the it's a it's a random decision. Choice of possibilities. Yeah, you have the options in front of you to either pick up the water, or pick up the pencil. I decide. Well, if I pick up the water, then I have water in my hand. So if in a I way, it's important to kind of broaden your your perspective to consider to be able to interpret and consider all of the realm of possibilities around you, so that you can. Because if you, if, in theory, if you can consider more possibilities, then you have more time to choose the correct answer, yeah. the, the less wrong answer. Yeah, so it's like, if I'm not, like, if I'm not programmed, if there's no task that is, like, required for me to exist, then there's no, to me, there's no destiny. Okay. There's no fate, you know, I, I'm not destined to continue this action just to survive. Right, right. I mean, eating, drinking, sleeping, those kinds of things, you can argue that those are destiny or whatever, but I don't have to eat one day. I can eat tomorrow, and I can still survive. I cannot drink for three hours, seven hours, whatever, and then drink water tomorrow, and I can still survive. 
you know, I'm not destined to every day provide myself with sustenance. And so there's still a choice there. There's still a choice there. Yeah. Then that's my free will, my ability to say yes or no. That's what I'm going to do or not. Well, there's a, are you familiar with Sam Harris by chance? I've heard the name. I'm not really familiar with. I'm not exactly sure, ex- like exactly what he does. I know he's an author, and he, mm-hmm. he, I've seen, I've heard him on some podcasts. I'm not like super familiar with who he is. Yeah, but he makes the argument that free will is a complete illusion, and a lot of his backing on that is that like EEG, yeah, EEG scanners. And I'm probably butchering this exactly because I, I don't know the difference between an fMRI and an EEG scanner. But are we talking e, like EKG scanners, like? Oh, that's, that's an heart, EEG. That's, yeah, e, okay. EKG is heart. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But they're, they're able to somehow scan brain activity. So if they, they ask a question before they consciously are aware of their answer or how they're going to respond in this question, there's, there's activity in the brain that appears 7 to 10 seconds before they're consciously aware. So he argues that most of these desires, most of these interests are subconsciously predetermined or not predetermined because he doesn't believe in a deterministic universe, but, but he, he doesn't believe in free will either. So he's saying that all of your, basically all of your desires are based on like, they subconsciously arise. Everything is subconscious. Yeah, absolutely. It's subconscious, but it's like, there's a higher power working through us. No, I think that it's, that, I think that argument is very, like, it's very, like, basic. It's, like, my desire. Well, that's also my basic interpretation. Of it. Well, yeah, yeah, I've only no, read the book, no, like, once and a half. You're so. abs- I mean, and if, if at the basic form, if that's the argument, then he's not, I mean, he's not wrong, but he's not breaking any ground. Right. Like, my subconscious desire is, yeah, I'm going to go to Subway after this because I really want a sandwich. But, like, that's just because I want a sandwich. But is it because did you consciously decide that or was it no I could consciously go, I could go to Quiznos I could go to Firehouse Subs like I don't I'm not in my mind it's not like it's Subway or nothing right I think that's kind of the argument from I mean from kind of the basic that you've shared with me is like that's not me going to Subway isn't the end all be all and if you offered me apple or banana I'm not gonna think like oh apple or you know, or I don't want anything. It's like, yeah, apples are good, but if I can't have the apple, I'm just going to have the banana. But who's to say that what's determined or what was meant to be if you chose the apple versus the banana? Exactly. Whether like, you chose that that morning for breakfast or dinner or whatever. The only person that makes that decision is me. Whether right. or not I choose the apple or banana. Maybe I want an apple then, but I might want a banana there. But I might, no, and not every situation am I going to choose apple over banana i personally would choose apple over banana because i don't like bananas but that's just because i don't like i've had a bad experience with banana right not because subconsciously i'm just like i don't like the way that it looks i don't like the yellow i I don't like how it grows in bundles on trees i'm not a monkey i don't like you know that kind of thing like i just don't like the way that it tastes right so i choose apple over banana i don't think it's in subconsciously determined that it's like there's something wrong with bananas other than the fact that I just personally have had bad experiences with bananas. I don't like banana Laffy Taffy. I don't like banana candies. No, I just don't like the flavor. And that's really it. I don't think it comes down to like subconscious like determination. You know, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, okay, yeah. 
I really, I just don't know. That's that's my interpretation. There's it, definitely there's arguments that can be made on both sides, but I just think that like for me, it just makes much more sense to have the idea that like I can make the decision based on nobody else besides myself, whether it's God or whether or not it's a, a higher, a different site, a scientific power that it's it's the God particle, you know, whatever it's. No, it's just me. I will say I like to feed myself the illusion of fate a lot because I, I like the way it makes me feel. So it's, it's, nice. it's comforting. So It's that, nice to believe in something. I have my own personal subjective biases towards it. So more than anything, like I said, I, I, I don't believe in fate necessarily, but I don't not believe in it as well. I'm more just open to It's kind of like in the, in the back of your mind, it's like it's an interesting concept, but like it's not something you're just holding on to for dear life. Right. For me, it's like, it's okay. I'm not going to lie. I, I sometimes think like, and in my head, I question like, well, was that supposed to happen? Or did I, is it a result of something that I did? Right. So if it's like, but if I'm sitting there thinking like, Hey, this bad thing is happening, but I'm just going to ride it out because you know, Hey, fate's got my back. And then I'm not taking care of the issue. That's kind of that's a that's a different take than I personally like to take. And yeah. The, would you like me to explain like yeah, how I like to yeah, go dude, about it absolutely. and then like like what your opinion is? Mm-hmm. So so yeah, say for sure. example, I, it's it's more of a motivator for me. Like um, mm-hmm. let's say it's it's not yeah it's not like like oh I'm just gonna put this off because fate's got me. It's yeah. more like like this is your destiny. I'm gonna work harder because this is what I was meant to do. This is what I was meant to be kind of deal like for example uh i know with reading this this year i i put in a lot of work and i read up to like some somewhere around like 30 books which yeah. is by far more than i've ever read in my entire life yeah for sure and i've i put in the work and sometimes like i didn't necessarily feel like reading and i would put in the discipline i'd be like this is like this this is this aligns with your goals in life that are and it's kind of your destiny to read these books so that you can grow as a person and be the best you that you possibly can be Versus, so it kind of I kind of use it to do the exact opposite. I'd use it to inspire action instead of giving myself an outlet, giving myself an excuse not to take action. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's definitely a see. I that's kind of how I viewed it as well. Where like, if I question whether or not destiny is actually a thing, it's like for me, I look at it like. Okay, if this is meant to be, what do I have to do to get it? What do I have to do for this to happen? Instead of it just being like, hey, I'm on a roller coaster. I know where it's going to end. Right. I know there's going to be loops and there's going to be turns and I'm going to go upside down and topsy-turvy and somebody behind me is going to puke. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I know there's definitely some people out there that think that. But for me personally, it's like whether or not it's meant to be or not, the only person that really determines what I'm meant to be is me based on what I choose to do. Because you can control what you do and what your actions are going to yeah, take. Yeah, and if that's the case, then is that really destiny or fate? True, true. Because you can always shape your... Your destiny. You always you shape your, your destiny. You, you control your destiny, but then at the end of the day, then the root of what destiny is, this predetermined idea, this predetermined finish... It just completely nullifies the entire... Like, it's contradictory. You You're control, totally right. You control your destiny... Well, then it's not your destiny. It's not destiny if you control it, to me, personally, but I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it.
Do you think do you think life's full of purpose or purposelessness? Um No, I definitely think that there's purpose in everything. Um I don't think everything is purposelessness. I think that like there's definitely purpose in everything that we do, but I don't think it's purpose. Well, no, I, okay, yeah, I definitely think that there's purpose in everything that we do and that I do, but I don't think it's like playing into anything larger. I think it plays into what I experience because that larger for me in my life would be the future, but the future doesn't exist. Right. So I think it, there's a purpose in everything that plays a part in my life at that moment. But I don't think it's everything is there for or I think I don't think everything's there for a reason. And I think that sometimes things happen. More more just chance than anything. Yeah, even yeah, I guess chance would be the best way to use it like to describe it, just like it just happens, man. Shit happens. This is the way that I kinda of look at it. It's just like, hey, that chair's sitting there. And it happens. But there's no like purpose for that chair in my life. I'm not gonna have a uh, a, a, like a, a revelation based, you know, just because that chair is sitting there, I'm not going to look at it, stare at it, and be like, oh my god. Right. My eyes are open, I'm woke. <laughs> no, nothing like woke. that. Woke. <laughs> nothing like that. Just, so it happens, it is what it is, and it's how you deal with it. Yeah, you. it's how I interpret. If there's a message in that chair, if I don't see it, then I don't get it. Right. If there's not a message on the in the sandwich that I'm going to be eating later, then I, that's a message I don't get, you know. Is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm gonna do what I gotta do, and I'm gonna do it with what I got. Do you try to look for messages, or do you think, do you think there are any hidden messages? And um, I, I like to kind of look at problems as riddles in life, and that that well, yeah, I definitely handle it like almost like a higher power is handling me. So like there's handling, but there's, handing me like a, a riddle that I gotta solve. Yeah, there was a uh, a little saying that actually my great grandmother. Uh, told me i don't know if it was like hers or if she got it from somewhere but her thing was uh it goes there's a seed of equivalent benefit in every adversity um basically saying like there's something good out of every bad right um and so with how you handle it yeah so with issues in my life i you know i try i don't always do it and i'm really bad at it actually now that i think about it um i'll definitely like look for look for it and kind of like what you said look for like the a message or something but sometimes I just think bad things happen and there might not always be a message like like what you told me upstairs like there's not always there's not always a message there but at the same time i would say because i've seen my family like ever since in, in result to what happened uh the death of my uncle uh I've, I've seen so much turmoil within the family and i've seen so much chaos, all this bad things, and what I what I realized throughout this whole entire process is that whenever you deal with the death, and whenever there's money and inheritance involved with the death, that you need to I think I think uh to work it's way more important for the relatives of the deceased to work in a spirit of harmony together, and to to really just uh, put love above greed and revenge yeah. and all that in, yeah. in your hierarchy of things. Yeah, so I think that like, and for a kind of an example that we can both relate to, like what, like what we were talking about beforehand, Isaiah, um, him passing away a couple of years ago. Like, I don't think that there's personal, I mean, 
I, I could people could make the argue like, oh, you wouldn't have kind of tried to turn your life around as much as I had at the time if that hadn't happened, or I wouldn't have looked at things the way that I did if they, if that hadn't happened. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that him committing suicide was had to have been the uh, the thing that got the wheels turning in my head. I don't. Right. I, didn't, I think that there were plenty of things that could have happened. I don't think that his death was the only thing that, like that that message. I don't think that that you know if that makes sense. Like that message wasn't lying in his passing. You're right. I just think that that message was there. Um, and it was like behind the wall and that event kind of knocked that wall over. And then I happened to see that message, but I hadn't seen it beforehand. That makes sense. That makes sense. How you responded to it. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't think that there's like, I I, I don't know. I don't think there's like subliminal messages in all adversity. I I think sometimes bad things happen for reasons that you can't really understand. Um, and it's just how you get over it. So I, I, to an extent, I agree, but most, I mostly disagree because I would say that at least the way I like to handle any like struggle adversity is I think, uh, I think there's most, most of the time, not all the time, there's something to be learned with, within the adversity, within the struggle. I think there's something to be learned about how you deal with it. Maybe not necessarily how the situation happened. I think it, for me personally, it comes down to like, okay, this bad thing happened. Yeah. It fucking sucks. This is how I. This is what I took. This is what it took to get over it. Right. Who am I now? Now that I've gotten over that. So I think there's a message in how you deal with it, but not in how it happens. So there's a, there's a. Yeah, yeah. Like in in the process of coping with. with yeah. So it's like, this bad thing happens, sucks. This is what it takes to get over it. You go through your your grieving process. You are now this person. You were this person here. Bad thing happens. You're now this person over here after this whole thing. What did you learn inside of that right. that grieving process that you can then apply for something? You apply it to something later. Like say, death of a friend. Later on, if I have... I was person X. I was really kind of bummed out. And I had a lot of friends there to support me. So... Again, God forbid, if something were to happen again, where I have a death of a friend, and there's another person who's kind of in the situation that I was in, mm-hmm. I could then be the friends. I could be that friend to that person that my friends were to me, just because I've been through that situation before. And you know how you want people to help you cope with it. Yeah. So it's not, it's like, I still think I was that person that that could be that friend to another person. Uh huh. Um, before that. So you're learning but, empathy through that you, situation. You, you develop a different sense of empathy because I never had a friend that had a close friend that had, that had, that had happened to before. I had never been in a situation where a good friend of mine, you can actually relate. Yeah. So it's like, I was that person. I was this person here. I'm still that same person, but I've just been through this experience. Yeah. And so it, then I can relate it there, but I don't think because of that experience, I'm any different. I could be any different to this person than I was before. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think and I know, I know whenever something shitty does happen to you, like for example, we'll use Isaiah as an example again. Like if that if that were to happen to you, and somebody walked up to you while you're you're coping with this, and they can tell you're going through a hard time, it, I think it means a lot more if somebody walks up and they're like, "Hey, it's like I know what you're going through. I had a friend pass away to suicide as well. Yeah. Like I I, I get it. I I totally mm-hmm. understand where you're going through. Versus somebody else like." 
Like, for example, last time my mom's or my buddy's mom's in the hospital right now, and I gave him a call, and I just didn't really know how to respond. I'm like, I, dude, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't know what to say as well. And I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. I'm also sorry that I don't know what to say because I, yeah. I can't relate to you right now, but I'm here for you. Like, yeah, for sure. And for it's, sure. it's a little bit harder to communicate that, that empathy for somebody yeah. whenever you haven't gone through it personally. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if there's necessarily messages in every bad thing. I think there's, there can be, but I think there's also more significance in the, uh, the dealing with it and the, uh, okay. getting over it. What about like something maybe, uh, in the process of dealing with it, you learn something about yourself. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. More along those lines where it's like you develop something, like you learn something about yourself that you might not have known prior, but it's because you dealt with it in a certain way. I think it's because you dealt with it in a certain way more so than it, the action happening. Because like, yeah. like say, for example, like, and we keep using Isaiah, but you're like, his, I don't really want to talk too much about it, but uh, his father had passed away. Right. Um, when he was younger. and To a heart condition, right? Something like that, yeah. Um, I think it was because he had a tattoo of his yeah. of a heart on so his heart. I don't think that that passing of that family member, you know, made Isaiah. I mean, obviously it affects who you are, right? right? But I don't think that like I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, uh, he was a genuinely good person, and I think that he just was natural. That's just who he was as a person, as an individual, I don't think that like there was a message in the fact that his dad passed away. I don't think there was a message in that, like, Hey, your dad passed away, but this is what you're going to learn about yourself. Right. right. I don't think that that's a thing. And I don't like for people who believe that. Sure. Like if you can see a message in that, great. You know, that's absolutely fine. I just don't see like if, in those major tragedies, I don't think there's a message in the Las Vegas shooting. Right. I don't think there's a message in the Manchester bombing. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. It's like, also hard to detach yourself from the emotions. And too. those, and the, and the families of those people, I don't think that they're sitting there thinking like, okay, what was the message of my daughter going to a concert in Las Vegas and then getting shot from a fucking a hotel window by some psychopath? Right. I don't think that they're sitting there trying to analyze the message. I think like... Yeah, so... Difficult, too. It's difficult, too. Especially with all those emotions rising, all that anger. Yeah. All that tension. But simple stuff like, you know, failing a test. Yeah, there's probably a message in that. Study study more. Or, like, get in a fight with your family or something like that. Like, you know, don't... You know, do what you gotta do. So why do you think the, uh, the caliber of the tragedy determines if there is or isn't a, uh... A message? Well, I think that the... I think it's more of what caused the incident what caused the so it's more dependent upon the experience it's more dependent on all of every factor that is taken into consideration as to why something happened like okay how about this like is there do you see a message in uh that las vegas shooting what message can be learned like me personally yeah like if Try to put yourself in that in that situation where a it's family, hard, right? There's no, I don't think there's a message for those families to hold on to. Where it's like, I mean, you can argue that like, oh yeah, well the message is like, my daughter, she's 
did this, but she loved going to concerts and blah, blah, blah. She, had, she was having a good time. She was young, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think it's like, I don't know, I think there's like a message like, hey, live life like every day is your last. That's so, I don't know, some people think that. It's and, definitely cliche. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, it's cliche. I don't, I don't know. I think that it's like, it's definitely the caliber determines the, the message if there's a message if not you know, right it really comes down to what you like how you experience that situation and how you contributed to that situation it's hard for me to say if there is a message or not because i'm so detached from it all the way over here in missouri like yeah i mean it happened it happened in this country i've been to vegas before but still like i'm so detached from it to you you would really have to talk to the families but I would argue that at least one of the families learned something. I'm not whether that's good or bad. I, I'm, I'm sure there's some lesson that was learned. I'm sure whether it's good or bad, if they, that they've learned something. But I don't. I mean, and again, messages are all like I said. They're also like based on how you experience these things. Right. Yeah. It's totally. all. It's all subjective. Think, think about that paradigm you be like like the the frame of reference, the paradigm you have when thinking about your own daughter getting shot like in a concert that she was yeah. so excited to go to and you talked to her on the phone the night before. Yeah, I just like hard to say, man. I don't I think it's very hard to life say. Life in itself is just subjective and I think this is no different than really anything else, man, to be honest. It's just all subjective. And how you that. how you experience these, these how you experience these things, man. It's what it comes down to. Well, you want to end it on that? Well, I ended on that, sure, man. Cool. How long did we go? About an hour and eight minutes. Cool. Hour and eight minutes sounds that's, good. That's right around the time I'm trying to shoot for, because I, I think I've been doing them a little too long, but my buddy brought up a good point the other day, because he's, he's really into like social media marketing. He's like, think about your audience. Think about how long, like when people are going to be listening to these, so typically like a, at the gym, mm-hmm. uh, typically at uh, maybe like a road trip on a car ride, whatever, like so maybe maybe think like try to do it the average time of a workout. So that's that's what I'm kind of shooting for. Yeah, absolutely. About an hour. I mean, from what I've seen in the the ones that I've watched, um, they're like I'll watch like if I'm at work or if I'm like just chilling playing video games or something. I'll kind of put something on just to have some like noise going on. But like if I haven't seen it before, like the one about that you had with Kyle. Oh, you're talking about my personal podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. So wow. like with. Kyle and Mason and I guess Mason's girlfriend. Uh, I hadn't heard that one, so I was like, I actually spent some time while I was just I was just got off of work and I was just chilling at home. So I like actually sat like took some time and I just watched it, and I, I really liked it. So I'll like put it on and I'll have like background noise and I'll listen to the things that you guys are talking about. So like yeah, I mean I just a lot of the times people just put stuff on as like background noise as well, but they totally. also take some time to like really listen to it. So. I think that, like, the lengths that you've had are, like, spot on. Thank you. Thank really you. good, man. So I really, uh... Yeah, you're totally right about that. You are yeah. totally right about that. Yeah, so I, you know, again, I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, Dude, thanks awesome. for coming on. But, yeah, Thank I, you. I, I really felt like I wanted to come on because I remember I texted you a couple, like, a month ago. And I was like, hey, what do I got to do? Where, where's my... <laughs> what do I got to sign up? Where's the application? What do I got to do, man? Hey, you got to earn your stripes yeah, now. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. No, you didn't. I, I had a great conversation. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to hang out and talk, for sure. Totally. So. Well, do you want to play Super Smash? Are you down? Let's do it, man. Yes! Let's do it. Cool. I didn't know if you'd want to stay a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's do okay, it. Okay, cool. cool. I, got, I don't have shit going on today, so. Oh, yeah, neither do I. 
All right, well, yeah, if you made it this far, I really, really appreciate your time. Hour and 10 minutes, look at that. Hour and 11 minutes, bam, That's just hit it. it. Well, uh, yeah, this is episode number 39 of Jordan's Subjective Perspective. I almost said Noah's Subjective Perspective. <laughs> I read your name yeah. right there. All right, cool. Bye.